This is an Area Code podcast. This episode of Table of Malcontents is brought to you by Useful Group, the best digital marketing agency in the world. That was a good radio voice, Dave. Dude, that's what I got, man. But I'm telling you, they are awesome. They're full service, social media, advertising, rebrands, design, websites, strategery, as Debbie would say. They've done a lot of good work with us at Lifeway, in fact. I'm telling you, man, you got to check them out. So they can help you, your business, your church, ministry with all of these things. Just go to usefulgroup.com. That's right, usefulgroup.com. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Bill Dove talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron, and with me, as almost always, is Dave. Dove. Dove. It's, it's, in 2020, you're going with Dove. I know, huh? yeah. And by yeah. the way, our, our, for our guest, your Bill Dove, yeah. I'm going to introduce more like, yes, this is 2020. Welcome to the new year. We're, we're living decade, in the future everything. in the past. It's amazing. I know. <laughs> it's not back no. to the future. It's into the future. That's right. I, I That's shared right. on the last podcast with Nancy Guthrie. Y'all go listen. To it. it was a good good interview series. But also, um, I had a lot of goals I achieved then. Well, I'll tell you, you what. Did. By this podcast, I've failed at them all. All right. I'm just going to say, by, <laughs> by week three, it's over with right there. It's like a Bible That's reading it. plan. It's just it's time a, to wait till 2021. Nice. It's done. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Exactly. You got to Genesis 4 and you said, I'm out. Exactly. That mm. Bible reading plan just isn't doing it for me. It's also known as just reading the Bible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wait, you're saying that reading the Bible isn't doing it for you? That that sounds oh, dangerous. Oh gosh. All let's, right. Let's, let's, let's move forward yeah. here. All right. Yeah. Man. So so yes. yeah. So Dave, you mentioned we have we have a special guest Bill, here today. Build of Bill Delvo, the man. Go. Bill, Bill, it's it's uh, it's great. I'm finally having you on. I've been trying to figure out what our angle is going to be because we typically <laughs> don't just interview people about their book. Right. We talk about what they're reading, what they like reading. Yeah. So, um, but I'm going to introduce this thing. But today we are actually going to talk about um, books that help people understand men better or help men develop as in and manhood more. That sounded really weird too. It did. Yeah, That's a like little, I was channeling. I was channeling Barnabas there, right there. No, all right. I'm, no, who? What? This is the what? Dude Book Podcast. <laughs> ah, right there now. you go. There How we about go. That? There we that, go. Now we're on before, to something. Before I make it any more weird than I already did. All right, <laughs> well, listeners. Too late. All right, so if you're a, uh, a lady listening to this real quick, too, by the way, and this is equally as important, just like we have been, we did our great podcast with Elizabeth Hindman, too, mm-hmm. about which books men should be reading to understand women better. Yes, and well, we're still so thankful for Elizabeth. We are. Um, representing yeah. all women across time all and space. All women. Telling everywhere. us what women want. Yes. Dot dot dot. Yes, in, that's in right. Books. That's right. <laughs> that is <laughs> not in general. We can't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no. But uh, but so so look at it. this is kind of the opposite version of that, but also not your typical one because yeah. I have a feeling we all don't agree on these books. So well, that's all right. It'll make it more fun. That's what makes things fun. That's a right. Conflict. Exactly. It's a little spicy. Exactly. Mm. So, so Bill, uh, I'm going to give you a quick introduction, but I'm going to turn it over to you just for a second to explain um, your book. But um, a full disclosure, um, Bill is a great friend. I am grateful for him. We go to church together. Um, I was very honored early on when Bill had this idea he was kind of noodling with when he and Phil Davis and I went out and had coffee. And you were just kind of mapping out these kind of – Kind of chapters at a time. They're kind of kind of long essays. Five, six, or seven kind of chapters. 
in mind. Yeah, and in in and and folks you don't know, Bill was a Bible teacher for over twenty years at Christ Presbyterian Academy here in the Nashville area, and. Bill is a teacher, and he still is a teacher. He writes like a teacher. There's always something to be learned from the person reading. Now, a book should be that way in, in essence, but he has a level of intentionality, and Bill and I also teach a class together, That's too. That's right. So, Aaron, oh, what I was referring the to two was— stooges. The two stooges is, right here. There you this go. This is my, theolo- <laughs> my, my theology compass. That's how nice. we call it. I like it. I was I like explaining it. last time. Stay I said, in the bumper guards. Yeah. Stay in the bumper guards. Exactly. Dave, that's, <laughs> that's not right. really correct. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, Dave was— uh, Dave was commenting Dave about how the Dave, you cannot lose your salvation. Let me repeat that again. Yes. Right, so. Dave, you cannot yeah. use analogies for the Trinity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really? You can't? Really? Okay. No, you can't. Uh-huh. No. Sorry. Well, uh, nevertheless, going back to that coffee, you know, Bill was noodling <laughs> with this idea, and, and I feel never encouraged you. Like, this is a book, and it became the book Heroic, The Surprising Path to Which, True Which, full manhood. disclosure here, yeah. I must say that Dave is one who died is the one who came Duff. up with the title. Heroic. Mm, so there you, there go. you go. Just go hey, with, good job. Good instead job, of, instead of the heroic, like the Facebook, That's we're right. just going to go with heroic. heroic. There you go. Boom, right there. Yep. No, I think um, one thing I've always appreciated about you, Bill, is you, you know, along with being a, a, a great teacher, you have a perspective on on men and you've been shepherding young men in particular over over the years being a cross-country coach but teaching the bible but most importantly just about life and what you what i love most is the fact that you kind of break everything down to how we need to be silent before the lord and i want to hear you explain that a little bit more but also how uh, you challenge men that, listen, the way it is, uh, the way men look at the world or young men do, it doesn't have to be that way. There's this false narrative out there as you described. So I've already said too much. I want you to describe what heroic is for a second, and then we're going to keep talking through this um, sure. about men's books in general. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah. So, so again, in the spirit of full disclosure, I'll just say that, you know, when people say, what's heroic about? And I say, honestly – it's a subversive manifesto for silence. And it's the best way I know how to describe it. And everything in the book, I'm trying to take what men resonate with the most um, in terms of their own hearts. And so I just use the heroic narrative found in all the great myths and track that and connect that to the story of Jesus as the great hero. But in, in our, and then tracking our own heroic journeys, which is really what following Christ is all about. But honestly, the the stinger of the book, I, I really don't talk about it much until the very last chapter, because if I simply started by saying, you become a man only in the silence, most men, mm-hmm. they would be so off the radar for them, they couldn't even begin to go there. So I simply take a man through the steps and go, let me kind of walk you through to the place you've never thought about. Mm-hmm. As my good friend Richie Session says, most every man thinks that if I have just enough speed and just enough distance, I'll finally get to where I want to go. In other words, speed and distance is going to finally solve everything in my life. And it never works. In fact, it always leads man, uh, a man to a place of desolation. The last place a man looks to find his manhood is in the silence. It's the very last place every man thinks, but it's the only place it'll ever happen. Mm. 
And that's really what the book is about. Mm-hmm. And in the silence, a man comes into contact with the living presence of Christ. And that is the game changer. This means something of a loaded question, but like, why is it so tough for us to be in a place of having silence? There, <laughs> that's a multifaceted uh, question, and it's you know, it's a, it's a complex question, a complex answers to be given. But I'll just string off a few things that may come to mind, and y'all could probably think of some others. But but first, just culturally, I think we're in a <clears throat> cultural place of what I call, you know, we think about light pollution and air pollution, uh, noise pollution. We are in a cultural space of noise pollution. And I'm not just thinking of literal noise, uh, although that's certainly the case, but just figurative noise. In other words, what comes at us now um, in work and even at home through the media and through technology is so, it's just overwhelming. Mm And so the, the space for silence seems to be just completely swallowed up. And I think um, there's a, there is such a hunger for this that men don't even know is possible, that don't even know it's out there. It's just like they're grasping for something and they don't even know this is actually the door that can open, that can lead them someplace. So I think culturally there's a huge issue with this. Um, but then I think interiorly inside of a, of a man, we are first, and, and it's part of how God has wired us, but also how our brokenness leads us astray, is that, you know, we are wired in a sense for action and to do. And so we always think somehow my doing is going to translate into being. And there's just enough truth in that to, to make us go down that road, activity, keep, keep motion, but at some point, we realize there is this place inside of us that's not going to be solved by more activity. Mm-hmm. It's going to be solved by entering something that I'm not really sure what this, what this is. And that leads me to the third thing why I think there's, men have such a problem with silence is because, honestly, when men think about entering any sort of space of silence for a while, I, I get reactions from sort of confusion to anxiety to fear to, honestly, terror. Because if I stop long enough, what's going to come up? And the answer is, I don't know, because I've been pushing it down for so long. So all of those things, I think, are, and there are other things y'all maybe think of, but those are the first things that kind of, three things that kind of come off my head about why it's so hard yeah. to enter silence. No, I get that. I mean, um, I mean, there's definitely a sense in which a lot of guys, and, and I mean, certainly I, I would count myself among those who do this, is... A lot of guys will use busyness to put off having to deal with larger issues in their own lives or that like whether they'll, you know, in the same way that in the same way that right. folks will uh, that some people turn to, um, you know, turn to different substances as their drug of cho- as their literal drug, of, drug of choice. A lot of guys just go to work and. Right. Um, and doing stuff. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I have a PhD in that. Yeah. So, yeah, I did that for years. <laughs> you know, and, you know, as a teacher and a coach, it's yeah. just like, you know, I yeah. work 60 hours a week. Right. And some of that was like, one I had to do it, but some of it was like, that was kind of my drug. Yeah. yeah. Kind of keep me from having to deal with things that were really turbulent inside at that time. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, and we believe the lie of that being our value, and I, I think that's uh, oh, that's another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also say it's funny since we listen to a lot of audiobooks. Yeah, I was thinking even walking the dog the other day. I'm like, I can take a break from these things sometimes. I yes, can't believe you can. I'm saying take a break from reading, but like how important it is because reading, you know, I mean, other than an audiobook, of course, but like a reading experience is a very quiet, nice experience. It is. Now strip that down for your mind isn't focusing on what you're looking at and it becomes something that's terrifying, perhaps. I mean, that that's when I, and I've shared this with you, Bill. I'm like, it's, no, it sounds great. This is this is an area where, and I hope I, I've been honest with the class too. I'm like, what Bill suggests scares me to death. Yeah. But it's so essential. And uh, and and that's that's what's why it is important. So well, you know, you could you could go at it from other angles besides simply a spiritual angle. You you could enter enter this from a neurological perspective or psychological perspective. They've been doing all these studies about si uh, silence and just to show not only the emotional and psychological and physiological benefits of this, but the neurological benefits of this. I mean, our, yeah. our brains were not wired to run twenty four seven. They just weren't, and and that's um, and and I'm not even. I'm even axing out the the idea of obviously sleep, but even taking that out of the equation, we're still not wired to just continue to run nonstop, and um, yeah. we just need time to to not do that. Yeah, but it's but you know, men. The other thing, men honestly, we wear busyness as a badge. It's sort of like you know, I'm really busy, and so I hear that too. So all of these things make this space exceedingly difficult to to manage and, mm -hmm. and like what is this and and what do I do here and that's the answer is yeah what do I do in the silence is it's yeah because I'm not doing anything yeah so what is this yeah. and what what's expected of me and it's like well you're expected to simply go and receive and it's like I it's like you, you you're asked to enter all these things that are just sort of upside down from the way sort of the world works because it doesn't work that way in silence yeah and the presence of God doesn't work that way the presence of God is not something that that yeah. you work, you know. It's yeah. it's coming. It's communion with the only true thing that really is. Just hit me like mm -hmm. you know. This, I mean, the iconic scene in Field of Dreams when he's out in the field. You've seen it, right? Oh, it's been not, a long it's a baseball time. movie, so okay, Aaron. I know I'm a reaching long here. Long time. Uh, but I don't think I ever noticed the fact that mm -hmm. like the voice speaks. In that case, it's not God. It's just you know we didn't you know it's 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 a fictitious movie, but like yeah. when he's silent, just doing his his, his thing. Yeah, this, there's something. It's funny. The even though, even, comes, even yes. from a secular perspective, it's still there, saying though it's there's the value of it mm -hmm. to to understand more of what your identity is, your purpose, perhaps. Right. Or well, so in all the great heroic myths, one of the characteristic features of it is that the hero has to leave his known world and enter an alternate world, mm -hmm. and it's normally called an initiation. And they enter this alternate world, and they meet their they meet their mentor. Mm -hmm. they, they begin to understand who they are, and they begin to understand what they're supposed to do with their lives, their quest. And it yep. occurred to me one day, I just had one of those aha moments. It's like silence is the alternate world that we are asked to enter its communion with Christ, and that's where we learn. That's where we get him as a mentor, really, yeah. literally. And we begin to understand who we are and what we're supposed to do in our lives. We never get it out in the noise. Mm. And that's certainly been the story of my life and the story of men that I've had the privilege to work with. So it's just like the other, you know, you can use the, the other myth I teach out of all the time is the matrix myth because it's just so emblematic of our, of our problem. You know, we're all just sort of stuck in this matrix. And it's like 
you know, to, to pull ourselves out of it, the only place I've been able to find to pull myself out of that sort of entanglement is is in the silence. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, so the question is, guys, do you want to take the red pill or the blue pill? Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, it, here we are 20 years later really still talking about it. Yeah, that's right. Really well, Matrix here. 4 coming out yes, next year, right? There's a fourth one. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's good. No, thank yeah, you, Morpheus. Morpheus Delvo right there. I nice. like it. Nice. <laughs> it's a nice movie name. Uh, it, that, sounds like, that sounds like fodder for, for a watch blogger. That could be dangerous. I know. That's, yeah. That's way to go. Yeah, go, that's, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Watch dogs around. Yeah. Um, no, no. And then, Bill, I, I, it's, uh, I'm grateful. I, I remember when we were talking through this book, it was a discussion of, hey, listen, it, it became a discussion on like books about men that we loved or had, right. had an impact on our lives. And my question was, do we really need another book? Yeah, yeah. Really, so this yeah. is Bill. This is really, Bill. honestly. You, I mean, we you, all every turn the tables. Books. Men yeah. don't read books nearly yeah. like women do. And it's like, do we really need another book? Is this really right. necessary? Mm-hmm. Right, because we would talk. We talked about uh, Wild at Heart out there as having a big impact on men. I know Aaron. And I can't wait for Aaron to speak up here in a second. Uh, um, uh, the what's it, Man in the Mirror? The promise. That's the Promise Keepers. You know, book that they used. Um, there's been a lot throughout the ages, but those those are the obvious ones in the last 25 years. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron can't wait to speak. Uh, but yeah, you did. You raised that question. It was even a coffee. Like, do we really need another book? Uh, four men about men and and it became a different angle and then when you kept speaking to silence i'm like none of them really talk about this you know none of them really, none of them really kind of lead you through one thing i love about heroic it walks you through campbell's heroic journey which is yeah how we identify as people i mean aaron and i love i love story it, yeah. wars books so we've studied this and uh Right away, it resonates the fact that yeah, we we are Luke Skywalker. We are that character who's on this right. journey, and there right. are mentors along the way, and and we have to enter in to be right. able to, yeah. have to die to self to be able right. to be uh, to grow essentially as people, and that's uh, I, I love that. So you have to read it to <laughs> to get the full <laughs> promo, perspective promo, right there. Promo. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. But uh, but no, so I'll open up the conversation too. I mean, again with. With Rook, what what are what are the other books about that have helped us understand what it means to be better men, essentially what it mean, means to be a man more? So I'll open that up to everyone as kind of a, a segue here. So I'll I'll say that uh, honestly, I don't I don't read. I have read very few books for men because um, honestly, I don't really resonate with many of them. They don't really speak to me. Um, mm-hmm. What has well, why, spoken why to me? Why is that though? Yeah. Because most of them are a checklist. Most of them are, you're not doing such and such. And mm-hmm. in so many levels, just you just need to do better. Honestly, when it's all said and done, it's like, this is your problem. This is how you fix it. And right. the answer is, well, there's an, there's truth in that, but it's just, for me, it it it's kind of skin level deep. Yeah. And it just never got into the guts of what I wrestle with and so deeply for so long. So that's why I just, they they never really did much for me. And I just kind of, honestly, I kind of avoided them. Yeah. So what, where I went to for me for a long time is I went to story, I went to myth and I went to adventure stories and biographies. And Mm -hmm. those are the ones that I, you know, went to. And one of the first ones that just blew me away when I when I began to pick it up was um, oh this is so bad I can't remember the the, the guy put it together y'all help me here 
Uh, it's Undaunted Courage. So oh, yeah, yeah. Stephen Ambrose. Ambrose. Stephen Thank Ambrose. you. I yeah. just remember. Yeah. yeah. So that, I, I remember Heidi, my wife, read it, and she 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 knows my heart. She goes, and this was a, a long time ago. She goes, Bill, you should really read this book. This was amazing. I, it just completely blew me away to read the the journals. And I can't remember if it was Lewis or Clark who really kept the meticulous journals. But just to, just to see how these men went into such complete unknown, how they came to a point where they were either going to get to the Pacific or die in the process, how they led these men, their men, these 20 or 25 men through this crazy story, how they, and how they all kind of came back and survived yeah. what, this ordeal. And the history of the United States, I mean, it, you know, it really changed the way we understood the continent and changed so many things for us. So it just, I don't know, it just resonated so deeply with these interior sort of things that I was wrestling with about identity and call and adventure and courage and fear and all of these things. And it, I don't know, I was just riveted to it. Yeah. So I knew it was speaking something important to me, even if I couldn't figure out exactly what all that was. It's one of those books that made history very accessible for for a wide variety of people. Yeah. That's what I love about it. And again, that's that's what where my love of history books came with that book. And it's, uh, but I think what you're getting down to, what I love is like focusing in on a story, um, perhaps around one person in this case two or three if you want to look at a few but the reality is it's just it's focusing on something that's very simple and relatable people who have to overcome fear who have a goal who have all sorts of setbacks setbacks right and they sound had, familiar uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, it's it's just what you just described in Campbell's heroic journey right and uh and um, and so it's one of those few books that you kind of get all of that together in one. It's hard to do that in a book, but they lived that through yeah. their two, three-year journey, whatever that was. Yeah. Um, it's great. And it's, yeah, it's not a typical one, but it's also paved the way. There's, you know, Endurance by Alfred Lansing came, right. around, came that's out another around one. that yes, time. Right. Another one that's very relatable and saying, wow, how do you not, like, I shouldn't say come alive following that story, but the reality is you kind of suffer with them, but also you stay hopeful with them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there, there's something about that. Say, wow, okay, this is what men do. They just they find a way. It didn't, you know, clearly he wasn't successful. He didn't get to the north or the South Pole. You know, sorry to ruin the story, guys. A hundred mm, years it's old. It's fine. It's fine. But no spoiler alert. It's it's public history. Pretty much. What is our what is our rule? Is it ten years or more? Do we have a rule? <laughs> I don't you know, think it's kind of like movies and books, like you know, Should Should like two weeks. Rule number twenty-two. Our our pastor Carter. He ruins movies like right as they come out. So he does that. We're trying not to do that. That's it. Right. Well, I mean. Just right. you know, men finding way reminds me of the lesson I learned from Jurassic Park. Okay, all right, that, let's hear you know, it. just like the dinosaurs, life finds a way. Wow, wow! <laughs> Thank you, Jeff Goldblum. That's right. That's really. Can you do that creepy, weird voice he says he says it in? What like he kind of talks real fast about it. Life, yeah, and life. He kind of pauses between away. every. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little more Shatnerian than you uh, are. Yes, yeah. but still, <laughs> gold blue mask. I like it, and that's probably for the best because uh, yeah. Jeff Goldblum is kind of creepy. He is, but people have a fascination with him. Like, they oh, do. he's fascinating. Let, it's let, like you let, can't you can't turn away from let, let, from this. Like Nick Cage, he's like in that weird category of actor. <laughs> 
And, you know, it's kind of like you, you can't turn away. His, a movie with him on, you That's just keep true. going. That's true. I, but you're we, like, we watched, it doesn't make uh, it good. It's just No, we yeah. watched National Treasure 2, and it's an objective piece of garbage. Oh, we love it. Our kids request and it all the time. Number one is a terrible pile of trash. And I love it. And you love it, too. Let's admit it. <laughs> no, my wife still loved watch it. it. I, still I mean, but I repeatedly. stopped watching it. Oh, and it was on. like, what is going on here? This I know exactly what's going to happen. And, like, down to the moment before it even starts. And yet, I couldn't stop. I know you can't. You got, you got to go all yeah. the way, man. That's it. Nick Nick Cage finds a way too <laughs> into your heart. <laughs> all right, I'll go back to a book that I know Aaron just absolutely loves. Oh, is John Eldridge's uh, Wild at Heart? Um, so I, I will say this: I think I went through like three book studies of it, or a period over like two years. Between I was in college and high, end of high school, mm-hmm. it was late nineties. It came out. It was like 90s. is that when it came out? Something like that. I was into college see, or something. Yeah, see, it was late I, 90s. Yeah. I remember because when I came uh, – so I came to faith in 2005. And so um, – <laughs> I don't know why I'm yeah. laughing. <laughs> why? How keep, dare you? How dare you? <laughs> um, keep going. But, I mean, it was it was like the book that like all the dudes at my church were were reading and they were doing like even church. In, even in Canada even in Canada they were doing it it was a little bit late um cuz it's Canada so you got to go a couple bit, couple years back um but they were doing like the church wide studies and they were like oh you got to read this book and so i started reading it and i'm just like yeah i i just can't and so I, I actually talked to the pastor. I'm like my pastor, and I'm like, I'm like, I I can't. F- do I have to finish this book? I can't finish this. I can't do it. Please tell me more. And, what bothered you about it? Well, there's a combination. I knew there was a lot going there's on. There's a combination. You. So I get things. that. So but yeah. So I mean, one of those things is it's just poorly written. <laughs> it's just it. it's just not a pleasant read. And and I mean, I'm a little bit unusual that way because I mean, I like like I'm. I pay a lot of attention to how words are – like how sentences are phrased and, and things like this. The aesthetics um, of it. Yeah, exactly. And um, and so and so that that has a lot to do with, with how much I enjoy a book. But, um, but it was the big – like the whole like frontier man meets mystic thing was like, okay, this is odd. But um, he, I'll, he I'll got, go with He got it. more of the mystic later on. Oh, it got, to, cra- to, it got uh, crazy later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was one that was so ridiculous. I couldn't – like I I got a review copy of it. Um, I think it was Killing Lions or Taming Lions or whatever it the was. Father-son one. Yeah, and it was creepy weird. But uh, – kind of like it. <laughs> What's that? I kind of liking it. I, <laughs> I read, I read I, an NRC. I couldn't, too, I couldn't yeah. even. I couldn't yeah. even bring myself yeah. to like complete my review for it. So, oh, gosh. Um, okay. I'm sorry, Thomas Nelson. That's when you're getting but, free uh, books still. I know. Like, no. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, I asked my pastor. I was talking with my pastor about this, and, and he says, "Well, how far did you get?" And I said, "I got to about here," and I was like, maybe a third of the way through. And he's like, "Oh, you got the whole book." Um, it's you know, he's like. The way he described it was, you know, every guy needs a uh, a quest to go on, a dragon to slay, and a and a uh, rescue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's like, "That's the whole book." So he's like, "So you're done?" And I said, "Okay, cool." <laughs> um, but it was very much the the whole idea of 
there's a certain kind of picture of what a guy looks like that didn't fit me. Like so many of the right. examples that I saw throughout were, and I mean, I, you know, I saw it with other, other dudes who were talking about, you know, what is a biblical man, uh, throughout the, the early mid two thousands as well. Um, and 2010s. And it was all basically like, um, you're, you're basically the, um, the gym rat, construction worker, UFC fighter, and UFC fighting fan kind of guy. And I'm just not that guy. <laughs> yeah. No. So I, I uh, so uh, the one thing the book nails in the sense of why I could see why it got very popular is it it, uh, it broke it into a very simple form. You just said it in, uh, in some different words that I like, but yeah, it's everyone, man, every man has a battle to fight, a beauty to rescue, and an adventure to live. I think that's how he puts yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I remember the conversation always kind of really went into what are your top five movies? And that's a question in the book. Yeah. And it kind of gets down to the heart of like, well, why is that? Like, why right. do you love these movies? And Bill and I talk about this because there's, I mean, I don't, I mean, we found like, it's not that we like every typical, um, you know, movie that comes out that displays this. Trust me. I love some John Wick. It makes me happy. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. I like uh, an action movie as much as the yeah, next guy. Yeah, I know. Because um, there's like a very uh, typical formula there. And, uh, and it, it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stories are like that that showcase men uh, from that perspective. I mean, of course, during that time period, it was Gladiator, Braveheart. Right. Right. Yes. Um, then it became Lord of the Rings. Not long after that, too, is that, right. that became like every men's ministry. That's all they would talk about. There was kind of three or four movies tops. I think they're still talking about. They them. probably yeah. aren't. Yeah, they still are. Still, in, and it doesn't diminish the value of, of those movies or what they bring conversation. But there would always be uh, in every group I had, there was always a guy or two, maybe three, that it didn't resonate with, that there was something else that resonated with them. And he would share about it, and the other guys would kind of look a little puzzled, like, because it wasn't typical. Um, but it was didn't mean it didn't have the same value. It just for you know, would speak to that person. But when you kind of get down to the core of it, it kind of is a similar issue, you know, of what a character goes through. Um, it's like, when, you know, you can, re- you can watch something like this, and I'll watch, like, I've had a lot of people who've been very influenced by like the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which I loved as a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, did you see mm-hmm. it, Bill? That's great. So, I saw. I didn't see yeah. the whole thing, but I saw excerpts of it. I know yeah, the it, yeah, it's it's great. Um, you know, but I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think we sense that the world is not the way we want it to be, um, mm-hmm. or or it should be. I think that's a better way of putting it. Um, and then the question is, who solved that? You know, is, is it God yourself? And, and the story, sorry to ruin it a little bit again, too, but, like, it's one of the characters just overcoming his fear right. to go after these things or say what he wants to say, do what he, you know, what he really wants to do. And you're cheering for him the whole time for that. But that's yeah. how you should any story. Um, and it has a great soundtrack to go with it. But um, so in other <laughs> words, there's so many other movies that people bring up. And I get, like, some that resonate with me that don't with others. I get it. You know, it's... But um, but books that same way too, you know. That's why, like I mean, it's funny because of CLC. We've been going through. We went through Man in the Mirror, which I never read until right. now. Right. But it's a great practical right. book dealing with the issues that men face. It, it's in that context. Mm-hmm. It was a perfect book for us to talk through specific issues week by week. Um, we weren't neglecting the bigger issues, you know, which is identity in Christ and so on. But it really, 
hits into what that looks like in work and so on. Yeah. So they have value, but Aaron, I, I hear you in the sense of when people declare like, oh man, this is the best thing in the world. This is the only thing that works. Then right. we're kind of missing out. Right. So yeah. And, and, and I mean, it becomes nothing but, you know, yeah. you get sectioned yeah. off and, you know, uh, our, our sexuality is enough of a mystery that you can't, you had to be real careful about defining it, it, defining it in such a way that it becomes a, you know, sort of this box. And if somebody's outside of the box, yeah. then what are they supposed to do with that? So yeah. you just you just have to be, you know, just careful with that. Yeah. And one of the one of the ways that's been really helpful for me, um, because I never felt like I fit into a lot of the masculine categories, typical masculine categories mm-hmm. either, was one of the things that's been really helpful for me to read to discover my own interior sense of manhood has been myths. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what and I and I'm speaking particularly about obviously mythical stories, um, and and some of the great historic myths, but but um, t- two that have been particularly helpful for me have been by the author George MacDonald, mm-hmm. and he wrote some of the. You know, he's had such an influence on the myth-making in the last hundred years. But <clears throat> he wrote three myths that have been very powerful in my life as a man. One was an early one he wrote called Fantasties, uh, a fairy romance, which is this man enters fairy the, the world of the fairy world, fairy tale world. And what happens to him there is both um, – I don't know. It's the, the, it's just an experience to read it, even if you're not, even if you can't put words to what's happened to you reading it. Um, and, th- and then another short fairy tale he wrote called The Golden Key, um, and then uh, uh, his last myth that he wrote called Lilith. And just, just uh, I, I, I like to put those out there because when men talk about manly books, those are never mentioned. And it's like, but but these are these sound yep. the deep waters in a man that are universal it doesn't yeah. there's no procrustean bed that you get lopped off because i don't fit the yeah. exterior now these speak to the deep waters of every man so i just yeah. want to yeah. throw that out there yeah for sure no i agree and you really hit on once you get into classic stories and other bits of literature that really fall on a character i mean I read To Kill a Mockingbird. I mm-hmm. see the courage and wisdom of there Atticus Finch, and I think like that's the dad I want to be. Right. That's the man I want to be, who is is not someone with a sword the whole time. Yes, you see him with a rifle at one right. point sure. protecting his children, but for the most part, he does it with wisdom, with words. That's right. With standing up physically mm-hmm. and metaphorically standing up. Uh, or showing, think, you know. think I, I think about uh, you know Victor Hugo's Les Miserables, Jean Valjean, yes. who. You know, my, Heidi says it's the she thinks it's the greatest character in literature, and you know he doesn't have those typical sort of you know manly attributes. But golly, what a what a heroic figure! Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, it so resonates with people. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's a really good one. Yeah, there. Um, even though I know Aaron, I know we talked about before about like Lonesome Dove, but there's got yeah. there. The one thing that's also fun is seeing men bond together so there's the there's the lone ranger like thing and i'm not talking about the series the movie uh, movie series but uh, or the television series but i'm talking about you know we we worship men unfortunately on television who go about things alone yeah what's powerful 
are looking at men in the Band of Brothers context, in the Lord of the Rings, they're looking at together the Fellowship right. of the Ring. That's what, right. It's not one particular character. It's the fact that men don't go at it alone. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. They're tempted to do it because that's also where they feel like that's where the glory is. But then it's, um, I don't know, it's like, it's, to me, I look at men today like Tony Bennett of the University of Virginia head coach, you know, give, not getting his bonus, we can have better facilities and better and distribute his his uh, salary to his uh, assistant coaches who have yeah. done just as much hard work as he has, and they won a national championship. Like that's something like wow, like that's that's something it's right there. Who says mm-hmm. it's about this team? It's yeah. not about him. Yeah, because right? if he's the only one who's valued, and right. then what's the point? Yeah, it's you know? kind of empty. It's a team game here. Yeah. yeah, and you also you start seeing here's another fascinating twist. It's not a book, but professional golfers. They start when they're interviewed these days, they talk about their team more than they do themselves mm-hmm. now because they've got a trainer, they've got a caddy, they've got a, a another kind of coach, so and something like yeah. all these things. And so there's so many great stories that are like that that's to show like, yeah. yeah, you're not meant to be alone. Yeah. So I Yeah. I mean that's I know. That is and interestingly, if you look at good stories, that's a consistent theme. It's yeah. it usually ends up with Right. Um, whenever the hero tries to go off and do it, do it by himself, yes. that's when he falls down. Yeah. The most. Absolutely. I mean, you mean you, you think about uh, with the hero myth, um, Luke Skywalker and Star Wars. Um, the times when he's the biggest dummy is when he's by himself. So um, yes, you're <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What does that so, tell us? Wow. That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's there good. We go. That's there good. Go. All right, Bill. This has been great. All right, Bill. We're gonna do a couple things as we close. Tell you about this. The the Jack Reacher sucker punch of the week. You get the yes. honor. It's a very manly we, thing to do. Very manly thing to do is just, <laughs> yeah, literally, uh, not necessarily physically have to punch this person, but you get the idea. So, who would I punch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Mm. This could go in a lot of no, different directions. It really could. I, yeah. I, honest, I. You know, I'm totally blank right now. Um, <laughs> it's okay. That's all right. It's okay. You can, you know, you can. Dave for you know, asking this question. I know. That's pretty, pretty much right there. That's pretty I'm much totally, it. Yeah. I'm totally. Maybe like, no. I need even more violent. You know? yeah. 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 I need even more aggressive. Point. Who yeah. would I punch? That's, that's a good right. point right there. Um. <laughs> well, park on if something comes to you. We can talk about what we're reading real quick <laughs> right. on the way out. So, right. you know, we've been reading a lot of books lately, haven't oh, we? Oh, my goodness. Right. I mean, you've already read your entire year's worth. And then and then failed at it. We're like in the what maybe maybe third week of January, and I'm done, man. That's it. I it's, know. it's over with, right there. It's the best. Bill, what are you reading right now? What do you got? I actually I'm finishing up a uh, spoke speak about George McDonald. I'm finishing up a, an old George McDonald novel mm. um, called um, Doctor Faber, the Surgeon, which is uh, just one of his n- novels. He wrote yeah. a ton of novels to kind of just make ends meet. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm just reading one of those right now. Just kind of a, kind of a, um, a side path I like to go down. So yeah, yeah. yeah. that's good. Yeah. Pick it up cool. before I go to bed. Yeah, nice, very good. I think by the time this will be airing, I will maybe Aaron, maybe we'll be reading the Three Body Problem if you're up for it. We could be at by, that point. I cannot pronounce his name. He's a um, Chinese author. What's, and what's the name we, of the book? The Three Body Problem. Yes. Yeah, I talked about it before. So, like, Obama's read it. A bunch of like very. It's yeah. fascinating science fiction story. So I don't yep. know. That is on my list yeah. for for reading. Um, but another one. There's another one that's on my list right. today. It's got a controversial title: Recovering from 
Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. Oh. By wow. Amy Bird. Okay. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's Who published that? Zondervan. Zondervan did. Yeah. Okay. So I'm uh, I'm intrigued by this because there's sure. been a whole lot of discussion about uh, much like we've talked about today there's been a whole big hullabaloo about um and i think necessarily so about what does it mean to be what does it what does a biblical sure. man and a biblical sure. woman look like sure. um you know are we defining our categories too narrowly are we um are we overlooking things that scripture's saying and that's the thing that i appreciate about um about bird in that is is she starts with scripture and that's that's important um so um so it's going to be it's going to be neat to see how she her take on this and then um yeah and see what her uh, her co-hosts on the sometimes grumpy podcast um <laughs> yes. mortification has been like uh, <laughs> what their take is i like so. it Hey, I'll say one other thing I forget before we go, because we didn't even talk about it, but Bill, you recorded a great uh, 18-part series on the Heroic book called The Heroic Podcast, so go check that out. It's a great, it's meant to be a standalone podcast series, yeah. kind of mm-hmm. walking you through the topics, and you interview uh, a lot of people on it, so we'll let you discover that. But if you go to heroicbook.com, you can kind of click over to see the podcast, and you can get an Apple or wherever. So Yep, your you conversations, you can yeah. type that in um, anywhere, it'll come mm-hmm. up. Yep. Yeah. Very Super. cool. Cool. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Thank thanks y'all. for joining us. This Absolutely. Was a lot of fun. Been All fun. Right. Thank you. Cool. And uh, listeners, thanks for hanging out today. Um, do leave your sincere or not five-star rating and review. We don't care. Um, we really don't care, we but really we do care. define our value as yes, a show. We do. By yes. your ratings. It's so. all about the numbers, folks. Absolutely. All right. We need Absolutely. some numbers out of you. Yeah, that's right. Happy all 2020. Right. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. This is an area code podcast.